0: Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hugan, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, this week, many Americans will be celebrating Halloween
1: on October 31st. First, and I hope uh, just for fun that just a little historical insight. November first is All Saints' Day for the Catholic Church, and so Halloween is All Hallows' Eve. That's where the name Halloween comes from. It's actually always was grounded in this historical marker of the church, All Saints' Day, and then it, in the end, became. All Hallows' Eve was the day before where they had some celebrations, which became our Halloween, which unfortunately is not the most significant event that happens on October 31st, which was the beginning of the Reformation.
0: That's right, yeah. But this is a great opportunity for you to be a witness for Jesus. You can uh, buy some great kids bible tracks at livingwaters.com there's these great ones called albert brainstein it walks you through the law and gospel uh but as as jonathan said last week on last week's broadcast make sure you give a great big candy bar with those tracks don't
2: don't just attach them together so that they're not separated
3: tape them together so there's no doubt (laughs) yeah there's no
2: doubt that you're 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 keeping the spirit for the kids but also you're
3: giving something you weren't you weren't the skin flint that just dropped a track in their bag
2: yeah (laughs)
0: Okay, so Russ, you mentioned uh, a far more significant event for October 31st,
1: which is? On that day, Martin Luther um, nailed the 95 Theses on the, the Wittenberg door to begin a debate on some practices within the Catholic Church that were amiss, and the Catholic Church chose to ignore him which then snowballed into the Reformation, where last week, if you missed the, the episode, we talked about the five key um, theological positions that materialized from the Reformation as they rediscovered some of the truths of the gospel that had been buried, um, sola scriptura, sola gratia, sola fide, solus Christus, and sola dea gloria, that all things, its the key word is sola, yep. alone, we're yep. saved by grace alone, faith alone, Christ alone, By the word of God alone, all to the glory of God alone. So if
0: you miss those broadcasts, you can be the fourth subscriber to our Gospel for Life podcast. I think you (laughs) would be number four if you (laughs) subscribe. Just go to the Gospel for Life in your podcast uh, machine, whatever that is for you. Uh, Now, the Reformation is the reason why, at least part of the reason why we hold our annual Reformation conference to celebrate these uh, life transforming events. Now, this is coming up here in, in... 2 weeks. And this is one of the this is the funnest event of the year for us. Well, funnest event for me. I won't speak for you guys. Most I fun.
3: He I
1: wants to say most fun. I, 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 <laughs> I that's what he was
3: trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, brothers.
0: <laughs> the most fun. The most fun event because we get to to celebrate Jesus Christ with each other and with each other's churches and so please go reformationboise.com you can find out all the information there. Okay, so last week we Talked about the main doctrines of the Reformation, what led up to it, and today we're going to move to the players, the main players of the Reformation. Today we're going to start with Martin Luther. So who was Martin Luther, and how did he come to play such a pivotal role in the Reformation?
3: Well, Luther was, of course, uh, an Augustinian monk um, in what is now Germany, um, and uh, Went through a, a tremendous, tremendous wrestling in, in his search uh, for a gracious God. He he grew up with this incredibly oppressive sense of who God is—that that God was this taskmaster to whose standards he could never measure up, and that he was always uh, he felt uh, never, never, and and by the way, this is it's evidence of. Uh, that Luther Luther didn't reinvent the gospel, and the gospel had never been entirely lost. Uh, Luther, before his spiritual breakthrough, uh, would go to his confessor within the Augustinian order. Every monk had a confessor, and Luther would go to his confessor, who was named Staupitz, and he would just pour his heart out and, and try to examine every single detail of his life and and. Uh, uh, Staupitz began to see in Luther that Luther didn't understand grace, that that he that he had that the grace of God had never moved on his life. He had never understood it. He's trying to root out every single little sin. And Staupitz said, you know, good grief. you know, go back and, and do some real sinning, and then come back here and confess. Go kill your parents or something. He actually said that. Go commit fratricide, and then come back here. But his point was that Luther didn't get didn't get the gospel, and Luther's great great breakthrough. And there, there's no time to bring it all together here, but came through the study of Scripture, and particularly uh, in the Book of Genesis, and in in the book and in the Psalms, and in uh, in the New Testament, in the Book of Galatians, and the Book of Romans, uh, that he discovered the free gift of the grace of God in Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. and that by faith alone. Uh, we are justified and enter into right relationship with God, and we are set free. That was the ex- spiritual explosion in Luther's life, and that it, ironically came after the the, the Ninety Five Theses on the on the church door at, at Wittenberg. Um, and maybe some of the other guys can can fill in here. But I th- I think Luther's great contribution among and there's so, there's so many, uh, it, but Luther's great contribution is a rediscovery <coughs> of. And by his own experience, his own spiritual experience of the free gift of God's grace given through Jesus Christ. That was a spiritual explosion in his own heart, in his own life. And he became uh, a a, a, a powerful ambassador uh, for the power of the grace of God.
1: I think it just should be noted that before he became an, a monk, he has actually Luther had already um, earned a bachelor's degree, and he had already earned a master's degree. Yeah, and he was just getting ready to pursue a doctorate in. And th- at that time period, there were really only three main degrees that you got a, um, something in: law, medicine, or theology. And he was pursuing his his doctorate in um, in law. Right. When he was disrupted, his life was disrupted by that that thunderstorm, and then he became this monk. So he wasn't an ignorant monk. Is all my point is that he was yes. he was already very highly educated, um, and that was part of what God used um, for the the furtherance of some of the beliefs that or doctrines that were rediscovered by Luther that Phil has already talked about. That God used this trained mind to to do the work um, of the the theology of, of the Reformation so what provoked
0: luther to stand up against the i mean there was some sort of provocation standoff between luther and the roman church right
3: yeah um and maybe one of you guys when wants to jump in i probably talked enough but um luther's luther's initial clash with rome came over the sale of indulgences at that time the roman church was raising money to build a big new church in Rome, St. Peter's Basilica, which is still there, one of the most gorgeous uh, church buildings uh, in the world. Um, and at that time, uh, the Roman Church was were raising money, and they were they were uh, gathering money from all over the Christian world by the sale of indulgences, and it, mm-hmm. the, that was uh, the
2: offer of forgiveness of sins by well, payment.
3: Yeah that you could get a you could get a soul of a loved one out of purgatory. By drawing on what was called the treasury of merit, uh, that this had been built up by Christ and the saints, and uh, none of this is in Scripture, by the way, but it was a belief taught by the Church, and uh, that if you made a you made a financial contribution to help build St. Peter's Basilica, uh, then your loved one who had deceased would get their term in purgatory shortened and be able to enter into heaven.
0: So then Luther nailed these ninety five kind of grievances or theses. Against the they church, were, they
2: were they were basically statements, uh, you know, for uh, debate. I mean, he was putting them up there. For instance, he, he he talked about the first one was talking about repentance being part of all of life. So you just didn't pay something off and then forget about it. it you know, repentance was an uh, ongoing act for everybody. He also, you know, he he said, uh, you know, like for instance, uh, the thesis number twenty one. Those. Thus those indulgence preachers are in error who say that a man is absolved from every penalty and saved by the papal indulgences. He he says in the 27th, they preach only human doctrines who say that as soon as money clinks into the money chest, the soul flies out of purgatory. Mm -hmm. You know, so it, it was, as Phil said, you know, set up by the indulgences. And that kind of (laughs) <laughs> At that period of time, uh, I think Phil had been off air. He was t- talking about the fact that you know there was a certain German nationalism that was taking over, and people were wondering why are we why are we putting money in this way to build this uh, you know St. Peter's Basilica uh, in, in another country? Yeah, and so. Um, they they saw that support. It's kind of like the Boston Tea Party. So, you know, they, there was a certain taxation without representation, only in this case there was a, an indulgence system uh, attached to that um, of merit.
1: Yeah. So after the indulgences, there was this banter that would go on between um, Luther and, and the church. Debates would happen um, between him and, and people within the church. And what happened is as those debates went on and on, um, what was— was happening in Luther as he was being pushed to, to then move towards what became known as the, the solas of the Reformation and in 1520 he had um, some very productive years of writing he wrote lots of pamphlets but he wrote three books during that time period and one of them um, really captures the essence of the Reformation of justification by by faith alone um, by grace alone through faith alone and it was that that eventually would lead to the the Pope um Excommunicated, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he has this papal bull that Luther is going to burn, and he brought before this Diet of Worms where he is— Now, that's spelled Diet of Worms. Worms, yes. So then he is only asked two questions at the Diet. One, they, on, on the table in front of him are all of his works, and they ask him, did you write these? And he says, yes. Will you renounce them? And Luther says, I want a day to think about it. Mm-hmm. And he comes back, and he's wrestling in his room, and he asks the question "Am i um am I alone wise? Can it be true that I am standing against the 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 church and I'm actually correct and he's trying to figure out if 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 this is is if he is is, is he being true to the word of god and he comes back the next day and and actually in essence quotes john huss mm hmm where he says, if you can prove to me from Scripture that I'm wrong, I'll recant, and that's what John Huss and, and, had said. And John
2: yes. Huss had lived a hundred years before right. and mm-hmm. had discovered, uh, you know, the the, the gospel mm-hmm. and the testimony of Scripture, mm-hmm. and actually was moved by that. Uh, and and so when he died, when John Huss died, he says, "You're going to kill Huss. His name Huss was goose. You're killing the goose, but someday a, a swan is going to speak." and you will not be able to stop him. And mm-hmm. in essence, Luther is that fulfillment. Uh, mm-hmm. Here's a hundred years later, he's standing up against uh, those that had mm-hmm. put Huss to death. Yeah,
1: and he says, I can't recant. Yeah. Right. And then he is, unless you can show me by Scripture and plain reason. Yeah. Right.
2: right. I'm convic- unless I'm convinced by sacred Scripture or evident reason, for I do not trust either in the Pope or in the councils alone, since it is well known that they have often erred and contradicted themselves. I cannot recant because my conscience is held captive by the word of God, and to act against conscience is neither right nor safe. Here I stand. God help me. I can do no other. That was his statement. Mm-hmm. He's made
1: an outlaw, he leaves, and he's kidnapped, quote-unquote, by Frederick the Wise, and he's holed up in the castle of Wartburg, and it's at that point that he begins translating the the Bible into German, and he is prolific in his writing and his teaching and his work, and that really is when the the Reformation explodes. That's right. right.
0: Well, you've been listening to The Gospel for Life. We hope that you go to ReformationBoise.com. Sign up for our upcoming conference. It is just two weeks away, November 8th and 9th. Go to ReformationBoise.com.